This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black today on the Bet in Las Vegas. If you're listening to us on the radio, if you're listening to us on our original Odyssey Sports podcast, we certainly appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get it. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for the subscribe and hitting that notifications bell as the chat continues to be great in there. All right, Mo, the game against the Vikings coming up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. We look at the Vikings six and six. Boy, we you and I were talking about before we started the show. If you look at as you can hear in my notes, if you look at the Vikings, I'm going to start with them. The Vikings schedule, after they play the Raiders at 1.05 p.m. on Sunday, they then go to Cincinnati, which suddenly has some hope with the way Jake Browning played the other night. Then they have to play the Lions on Christmas Eve, the Packers on New Year's Eve, and then the Lions again the next week. They have to play the Lions two of the next three weeks along with the hot Packers, the Packers who are playing themselves into playoff position in the NFC. Uh, this seems to be, for me, when I look at it, the Vikings got to be looking at this game and saying, look, the last four weeks are going to be tough, including two road games, one against uh, the AFC runner-up and then one against the one of the hottest teams in the league, which is the Detroit Lions. They they got to come in to Las Vegas thinking, you know, we, we got to win this game. Absolutely. And I know Raider fans are going to hear this, but the Vikings are probably looking at this game as if this is the easiest game on our remaining schedule. Not an yes. easy game, not that the Raiders are a tomato can, but compared to the, the, the points that you just read off. And I know the Raiders beat the Packers early in the season, but if you've been paying attention to the Packers and Jordan Love, they've been rolling in recent weeks. They're on a hot streak. So if you're looking at this, if you're the Vikings, look at the schedule, you're saying we have to go on a road coming out of a bye week, by the way, just like the Raiders are. And we have to make this game count because we got to face the division leader twice. We got to play another division game. So if you're if you're the Vikings, you're you're thinking this team scores less has scored less than what eighteen points in three consecutive games. I know we have a backup quarterback without Kirk Cousins, but we have Justin Jefferson coming back off of an injury. We have Jordan Addison, who's been a 
an impressive first round rookie. Yep. We should be able to put up points on this Raider defense and get the win and get back over 500. Yep, exactly. And and that's that's how you got to look at it. And then you look on the other side of the fence and that's the Raiders also uh their schedule where we looked at the back of the schedule and said, "Well, yeah, the Chiefs, the Chargers, okay, but the Vikings, the Colts, the Broncos, the Broncos have surged as you guys all know." what they've been able to do, uh, and they they play them, they finish up the season in what will be a flexed game of some sort on the 6th or 7th. We don't have determination on when it'll play, but they got to go to Chargers on a short week, by the way. They, they host the Chargers in Las Vegas after the Vikings on Thursday Night Football this coming week, and then they then play, they get a longer week, and they get to play on Monday night, so they get one of those things they call a mini-buy, right, between uh, the 14th and the 25th. So they play on Christmas Day uh, against the Chiefs, and then the Colts, who are playing themselves into the AFC South race, or at least the AFC wildcard race. So the Raiders don't have a cakewalk either. And so if you look at this Minnesota Vikings game, with the exception of maybe, even though the Colts are hot, you look at the Colts and you go, okay, how far can they continue? This also is a game like they're saying, okay, we got to win this game because this is one of the games that I think we're more evenly matched in and matched up well against the Vikings. Not only that, but you're looking at this game if you're the Raiders and thinking if we fall to five and eight, you could start to fire out the mock drafts, right? Because if you go to if you drop the five and eight with the Chiefs still on your schedule on Christmas, I know the Chiefs aren't the same juggernaut team they were in the past, but they did spank the Raiders not too long ago, right? So you have to remember that if you fall to five and eight, then your 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 focus kind of shifts to eva- a full evaluation mode, as I call it. And we talked about it in the for, in the second segment. That at that point, you're not not that winning is not important, but you understand that your slim playoff hopes are probably not going to pan out. So you have to look at a lot of the young guys. You probably see a lot of younger players play in those last four games. If the Raiders lose this game and lose embarrassingly, even if they lose this game, you probably see a little more young players in those last four games in evaluation mode. But if you're the Raiders, you know I hate to say must win. But if you have, if you're one of those people who say the Raiders have a chance to beat the playoffs, this is a must-win game for you. Yeah, and you look at what the Vikings, the Vikings on defense, uh, they're last in the league in in sacks. They have 16 takeaways. That's two more than the Raiders. They're minus eight in differential. The Raiders are minus seven. So the Vikings defense is not overall spectacular, but they're not terrible. I would I would put them a little bit ahead of the of the Raiders, uh, but they do give up a ton of yards. They give up more yards on defense than the Raiders do per game. Is three hundred fifty to three forty three passing again. Also encouraging. They give up an average of two hundred and fifty eight point six a game, and they give up ninety two on the ground. Uh, the Raiders unfortunately give up one hundred twenty seven. You were talking about Madison and what he's been able to do. So you look at that uh, and and the and the rushing. Uh, sorry, on rushing defense, the, the Vikings give up on average just below 100 yards. Uh, the Raiders gain about 82. So this might this is going to be another Josh Jacobs game, I would imagine, that they're going to have to get the ball to him, uh, establish the run, get some pressure off Aiden O'Connell, get him to distribute the ball much like he did the last game, uh, but do it consistently instead of kind of uh, reverting back into conservative mode and not letting him throw the ball. And that doesn't mean long. That means just getting the ball out quickly, getting the ball in the middle of the field, getting it to Michael Mayer, getting it to Jacoby Myers, getting it to all of his weapons, and really spreading the ball around. Now, I'm not saying I would get away from the run game, but I would still test the Vikings' young secondary. 
Mm-hmm. They drafted a guy to USC that I really like their cornerback in Makai Blackman. Uh, Byron Young is there after some time in Arizona. Now, the secondary is better. The Viking secondary is better now than it was early in the season. But you got Devontae Adams. And I talked about Jacoby Myers having a great year with the Raiders being their best offseason acquisition on offense or maybe overall. I think you have to give those guys a chance, especially if they're in one-on-one situations, to beat the Vikings' corners. And I think that could be the key to the game. Again, you have arguably the two. You're gonna have arguably the two best wide receivers in the game on the field at the same time. I know Dolphins fans are screaming at me about Tyree Kill, who's in the MVP conversation. By the way, he's not gonna win it. That's a quarterback award. But you're arguably gonna have two of the Which best wide receivers. <laughs> you're right. You're gonna have arguably the two best wide receivers in the game on the field, not at the same time, but alternating drives. So I, I think the Raiders, not that they get caught up in that wide receiver battle, but I think they're gonna like their matchups on the outside with Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers against the Vikings corners. Absolutely. Okay. So give me your prediction. Don't have to give me a score. You can give me a score if you want, but uh, who wins this game? Raider fans are going to hate me for saying this. <laughs> You're whispering yourself. You got you to say it aloud. Raider right? Ra- 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 fans are going to hate me. They're going to hate me. for. That's why I whispered it because they're going to hate me for saying this. <laughs> I put out my Bleacher Report uh, NFL picks on Thursday, early Thursday. Check those out. I, I it's on X. I tweeted it, posted it, whatever you want to call it. I have the Vikings winning 24-20. Um, mm. The Raiders not scoring 20 points in three consecutive games kind of, kind of worries me going against Brian Flores. I have my question marks about Brian Flores as a head coaching candidate, but he can coach a defense. And I think he's going to give Aiden O'Connell some, some problems. Uh, not just what people are going to assume that oh he's going to blitz, going to blitz because that's been a hallmark of his defense. But he's shown that he's willing to back off of that if need be. So I, I would say if you're Aiden O'Connell, expect the unexpected. You may get you may get cover zero, you may not get cover zero. You may get a, a defense that that plays man press. You expect the unexpected from Brian Flores because he's very good at mixing it up. And I would say that's. That being with Aiden O'Connell's inexperience and Brian Flores' ability to dial up things between the blitz and, and non-blitzing schemes, it worries me for the Raiders offense that hasn't scored a lot of points in recent weeks. So with the Vikings attacking possibly that Raiders interior with Alex, Alexander Madison, who you mentioned, and Ty Chandler, who's one of my fantasy football sleepers, by the way, I think those guys are going to be a little too much for the Raiders to keep up with offensively. I think that's a fair assessment. I'm going the other way, Mr. Moten. You ready for uh, this? I know people will be surprised because they're like, because I'm realistic usually. But I think, I think the off week, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here to the Raiders coming up with an offensive game plan that is going to push the envelope. Okay. Like you said, you got to go balls out now. The, the, the conservative crap doesn't work. It's not going to help you right now with five <laughs> games to go. So I think the Raiders win this game on a field goal, 27 24. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to score 27 points. First time, uh, other they scored 30. That was the one other time. But I think, I think the key to this is, and I'm calling it right now, so you guys can make fun of me if I'm wrong. I, I, th- I, I like what you said. I think they're going to have to run the ball, and they will early, but that will open up the pass. And I think Aiden O'Connell has his best game as a pro. And I think you're right. I think he gets Jacoby Myers. I think Jacoby Myers has a touchdown. I think Devontae Adams has a touchdown. You add in the next touchdown, a Josh Jacobs close one in the red zone, and Daniel Carlson wins it for them late in the game. But it's going to be close. 
uh, and they have to have a couple things bounce their way. I think Josh da- Dobbs, I love the story. Good dude. I, I wish him the best. I think the clock strike midnight, and I think the Raiders are going to have a good game against them, even with Jefferson back. I think, I think they're going to have the upper stand there. So I'm picking the Raiders. How about that? Here's what I'll say about this. And one thing we didn't mention, this could be a Daniel Carlson revenge game if you have him kicking the game-winning field goals. Remember, the Vikings drafted him and gave up on him, Quickly. and he winds up with the Raiders. So that could be that could be a narrative that gets played up. Of course, we're going to talk about kickers too much. But I think if the Raiders win, the way it would look like, and we both talked about it, I think it would have to be a big Devontae Adams game. Again, yeah. Not that they go away from the run, but the Vikings are better against the run than they are against the pass. Right. And I think Devontae Adams is going to have a big game, and or J- J- Jacoby Myers – Maybe Hunter Renfro gets sprinkled in there. Maybe we see Trey Tucker after it has had Trey a week Tucker. off to kind of regroup. Maybe we see Trey Tucker catch Michael Mayer. multiple big – Michael Mayer. Maybe we see both those guys catch multiple uh, big passes down the field. And, it, again, the Reds get those explosive plays. They got a shot to beat the Vikings. I also think it's going to be close. Like I said, I don't think it's going to yeah. be a blowout. No. So I think no, these no. teams are more evenly matched than other people think. 100%. But if it if the Raiders win, they're going to have to have a big game from one of their pass catchers or multiple of their pass catchers. And the quarterback, Aiden O'Connell's got to have a really good game. Turnover free, obviously, but he's also got to make passes, right? He's got to have this quick release, which he's been pretty good at. But I, what I want to see the Raiders do, and sometimes it's taken away and I get it with coverage, but you got to use the middle of the field, man. Use the middle of the field and get yards. Get chunk yards here and there. Don't just go vertically down the sideline. Try to take what you can get over the middle. Get five yards, get eight yards, get 10 yards, and then hit the the big one, like you said. Hit the big one to Devontae or hit the big one to Jacoby Myers or Trey Tucker coming across. So, so yeah, I think it'll be a fun game. Uh, and I, I don't, like you said, these teams are pretty evenly matched in many ways. And so we'll see how it all rolls out. But it'll be fun. Mo, I know you have a Bleacher Report lives before and after the game, correct? Uh, at this point in the season, just after the game. Just after. Um, just after the game. When the Raiders are on primetime, then I'm on before it. This being not a primetime game, just on after, which is fine with me. I usually chop it up with fans before the game, see how they're feeling about the Raiders, what their temperature is or their confident level, confidence level is in the team going into the game. I, You know, I haven't been on the X very much this past week. Been busy, been handling some things. A lot of people will say, wow, you probably um, were just buying a bunch of crap because your background looks different. But <laughs> I was doing more than that. I was watching uh, a new set. <laughs> I was doing more than that over the past week. And and with Raider Nation, it seems like a lot of people are just looking forward to the draft. I don't want to say they're checked out of the season yet because there's slim hopes there. But there's more excitement for... Who are they going to draft that quarterback versus winning the next game? I know that doesn't that's not for all fans. I'm not saying that's all fans, but from the people that I've talked to, it's more about, okay, yeah, we got the Vikings, but who are we going to draft in the first round of 2024 to replace Aiden O'Connell be our quarterback? Because the Raiders fans are starving for a franchise quarterback. And what I will say is while this is not something to look forward to because it's already out, I put an article out on SportsNot. And I titled it that the Raiders have to revamp or modernize the archaic quarterback room that Josh McDaniels built. He has three quarterbacks who aren't natural movers. And I think the Raiders have to add not just one quarterback, but two more quarterbacks to catch up with the times because Josh McDaniels' idea of the, uh, idea of the ideal quarterback is very outdated. Remember, he had most of his success with Tom Brady, who's a pocket-passing quarterback, and he got Jimmy Garoppolo, 
who's not very mobile. You got Aiden O'Connell, who doesn't, who can't move very much. And you got Brian Hoy, who's 58 years old. No offense, Scott. But, I mean, you have to modernize the quarterback room, and I think that's a lot of fans are focused on. But I will say this game is going to be entertaining with the Vikings. Yeah, and it blows my mind, though. I was Right before we got on the show, I was going back and forth with one one of our listeners. Uh, We were disagreeing. Uh, vehemently about mobile quarterbacks. <laughs> he he copied you on it too. It's like eight of the nine last quarterbacks were pocket. I'm like, they're all gone. They're gone. Brady's gone, <laughs> right? All those pocket passers are gone. So you can say, well, eight of the last nine have not been mobile quarterbacks. It doesn't matter. Things change on a dime, my man. Things change and the NFL has changed. If you look at the top 10 quarterbacks right now, one, you could qualify as a pocket passer. Right, which is um, uh, Goff, and even he moves better than an Aiden O'Connell. He's not a big mobile quarterback, but he moves more than a Tom Brady or a Jimmy Garoppolo. So again, people confuse. Well, quarterbacks that run, ah, that's different than being mobile. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is not a running quarterback, but he's a mobile quarterback. Right, Tua, not a mobile, not a running quarterback, although he can run occasionally. He is a mobile quarterback. Out of the pocket, with your legs, create things down the field. That's what you do. If people don't see that, I can't help you. Come back in two years and tell me I'm right. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I like the I like the Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow comparisons when you talk about mobile versus running quarterbacks. They're yeah. not running quarterbacks. They're not Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson is not a running quarterback either. But what I mean by running quarterback is those guys aren't going to burn you for 20 yards downfield and juke you. Lamar Jackson, he can do that, right? But Joe Burrow and Tre- Trevor Lawrence, they can move when necessary. Right. They don't rely on it. But when necessary, they can do it. And with Aiden O'Connell is... When it's necessary for him to move, he's not very good at it. <laughs> so the Raiders need to add some athleticism to their quarterback room. Is my, and a key my distinction, point. Mo, is that, yes, when you are a mobile quarterback, you still have to throw well from the pocket. No question. Right? So you, But if you are a pa- – I talked to Dr. David Chow. did a story up on Sports Not about injuries, quarterback injuries. And he brought up the good point. He's like, look, I was in the NFL for 17 years. He worked with Philip Rivers. He worked with a couple of the L.A. quarterbacks. He said, those guys were freaking statues. They didn't run. They got the ball out quick. But as the game, he said, now the game's changed. Like, you can't not, you cannot be a pure pocket passer anymore. You just can't. So it's amazing that people are holding on to, and they look back at the Super Bowl record and say, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. And Tom Brady won freaking six of seven that he was in, okay? So that's one guy. But again... (laughs) You can't do it anymore. It changed the way the offenses, the way the defenses are playing now. You just can't do it anymore. Doesn't mean there won't be outliers. There's always outliers. Always guys who can do it. Now, I had the conversation on our Sports Not show before we go, and I'm extending the show now, and I'm sorry to do that, but I had the conversation with Ryan Dyrud from the LA Football Network, and I said, you have to develop court. Like, if you have a more pocket passer 
as your backup who can come in and spell a guy who's out for a game or whatever, that's fine. I'm not saying you can't have an Aiden O'Connell, for example, as a guy that you go to in a tough situation because he could still win a game for you. It's just not optimal in today's league to be a statue, okay? That's the point. So there will always be pocket passers, less athletic guys. But if you're going to win and be the next Kansas City or the next Cincinnati or the next Jacksonville, you've got to have a guy who can do it. Right. So just to put a point, a bow on my point is there are mobile quarterbacks who can evade pressure if necessary. And there are unicorns out there, mobile quarterbacks who can run like Lamar Jackson, like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, who put a little weight recently, a little bulkier, not as mobile as he used to be, but still he could get you for 20 yards, 25 yards down the field. Those are, I would say, Lamar Jackson being the prime example. Those are outliers. But you just want to have the tools to be able to move if your offensive line breaks down for whatever reason. If you want to bring up the Tom Brady situation with his teams, Tom Brady has always had a pristine offensive line. That's just not the reality in today's league. And my my buddy uh, Sobo, Brent Sobleski of Bleach Report, talks about this almost every week. The offensive line play is not as good as it used to be 20 years ago because there are less physical practices. And that goes back to the collective bargaining agreement. So there are some fundamental reasons why offensive lines aren't performing as good as they used to. And that's why you need a mobile quarterback. And that's a really great point by Brett, because not only is it because of the lack of contact and practices, it also is two other things in my view. One is if you look at the college game, And the sets they have in college versus the pro passing sets in the NFL, they don't have the same sets. They don't, they don't have it. It's just not, they don't get the, they don't get the familiarity with it. But number two is the fact that if you look at the offensive linemen in these offenses, now going back when, when you were just uh, uh, still in diapers and I was, I was watching football, (laughs) Mo, um, the more traditional pocket passers day, right? You had your offensive line. And then guess what? You had a tight end who didn't catch passes. They were an extra blocker. Oh, and then you had a fullback, right? Because you didn't have four or five wideouts or four or five people in routes going out and spread offenses. You didn't have it. So guess what other guys did? They didn't go out on passes. They blocked. So not only is offensive line fall playing, just like Brett said, it's also the offenses. You have less protection, which is why you also need a mobile quarterback. So it's all inter intertwined when you look at the modern NFL. I just want to make it clear. We're not crapping on Aiden O'Connell because I said exactly what you just said in my sports not piece. It's fine to have an Aiden O'Connell as a, as a spot starter, as a backup quarterback. There is a place for that in today's league. Backup quarterbacks are valuable in the NFL. We're seeing all the quarterback injuries. Look at Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence had a nasty injury. Deshaun Watson's out in Cleveland, even though they look like a Super Bowl roster. So you need that backup quarterback who could be a spot starter and be a pocket passer and deliver the ball accurately. That's valuable. But as you said, it's just not optimal in today's offenses. It's not optimal. And like you said about Tom Brady, if Aiden O'Connell had the best line in the NFL, then you could you could you could stick with him. I mean, if you had a line that was pristine, like Brady had when he was with the Patriots then Aiden O'Connell is going to be successful no matter what. So again, there's always outliers and you can be successful in that position. Although you limit the type of offense you can run. And so as defenses get smarter and faster and stronger, 
guess what happens? You become at a disadvantage. So you have to go with the way that the league is going, uh, and that's the way it's going. Whether you like it or not, it just is. So you can come back and tell us we're right later. Uh, Mo, all right, man. That's going to close it out for this show. We appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure you subscribe wherever you can. If you're listening to us on the radio in Las Vegas, just want to reiterate um, our, our condolences and uh, sending out our prayers to my alma mater, UNLV, the whole community there, and, of course, to those that lost their lives and their families will be on my mind uh, as as uh, that was a place where uh, I grew up, met my wife, you name it, and uh, my son goes there now currently too. So uh, our best out to everybody in Las Vegas, to UNLV, of course, ha- having to go through two things like this, including October 1st uh, back in the day is not good. So um, you will be all in our thoughts here. But for everyone here, including our producer, Mike Rabier, for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We will see you guys next time. Take care.